Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Well, Ontario's new gas pump decals that uh, warn against the dreaded federal carbon tax. Well, those are Ford's words, not mine. Uh, are going to be in place by the time of the federal election campaign, to be sure. Uh, they've ordered them right now. Uh, it's a very controversial issue, and, uh, well, we're going to get into this just a little bit because it's something we're all going to have to deal with. Uh, joining us in studio, Marvin Ryder, business professor at the DeGroote School of Business at McMaster University. Uh, are you ready for the, for this? This is, this is uh, in, in the government's mind, this is earth-shaking, and this is informative, and this is letting people know exactly what's going on. Uh, or it's just politics. Yes. Well, Bill, just before I answer that question, uh, something I get asked occasionally when I'm out in the, in the public and in stores, what have you, is people will come up to me and ask, why am I promoting one party's agenda or another party's agenda? Why are you promoting the liberals? Why are you promoting the conservatives? And I don't view our discussions as promoting one side or the other. What we're trying to do is just share some facts mm-hmm. so that people are better informed. Uh, this, this carbon tax is a very controversial thing. And obviously, if you don't believe that there's any chi- climate change going on, then anything that you have to spend money on is a bad thing. So I, I get it. I understand that some people think this is just nature's natural cycle and why are we going through all of this. But I'm not one of those people. All the studies that I have read, 97% of climate change scientists say this is man-made and we have to do something about it. We've tried to do it voluntarily. We've asked people to cut back voluntarily. That hasn't worked. So the next best thing is a carbon tax. And and I'm telling you this, Bill, because it was in uh, 2018 that the Nobel Prize in economics actually went to an economist who studied this and said, if you want to reduce carbon dioxide, tax it. And that will get people to change their behavior. So I'm a supporter of the carbon tax in some form or another. I liked cap and trade. I thought that was less painful for you and I as individuals. But when that was rescinded by Doug Ford, I'm okay with a carbon tax. I want to stop you right there for a second, though, because according to the Ontario Court of Appeals that already ruled on this, it's not a tax. It's not a tax. That's that's, true. that's that's a conservative right. talking point to say it's a tax. They say it's a price on carbon. Right. Uh, and that's the court's ruling. That's not politics. Uh, so uh, right off the bat, we kind of fall into that trap. We do. I, I do it too on yeah. a, an awful lot of the time. But uh, but that's it's very hard to separate the politics from policy in this situation. It is. And then yeah, I think the other thing about this, uh, this Carmen... Um, um, I'm still going to call it Carbon, tax. carbon pricing. <laughs> carbon pricing is that... Um, is actually supposed to be uh, an incentive for business to change their behavior more than individuals. I say that to you because when I filed my income taxes, as everyone else did in March or April of this year, we got a prebate of whatever we might have to pay over mm-hmm. the course of the year. Um, so I've checked what I cost when I fill up at the pump. It costs me about a buck every time I put 25 liters of gasoline in my car. I don't put in 50 times a year, so there's $50. I'm going to get back at least equal to what I pay. If not, I might be a little ahead a little bit. How is that possible? Because it's the businesses that are not getting it back, at least not directly. They have to do something to get this money back. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm not an opponent to this. So uh, I just want that to be out there. It's not because I'm a liberal or a conservative. It's just because I've studied it, and this is the facts that I see. I have been wondering, since Doug Ford made a big deal of this a year ago about this carbon pricing and and that he was going to put this decal on, I've been looking. Every time I fill up the pump, I've been checking the pump. Where's the decal? Where's the decal? So we have news uh, yesterday that the decal is going to appear on the pumps by August 30th. 
by law, you have no choice. If you own a gas station, you have to put the decal. You have to put it in the top two-thirds of the pump to make sure it's visible, and they want it on the same side as the handle. So as you're reaching for that handle, you can see this, this decal that's going to tell you that thanks to carbon pricing, you get 4.4 cents a liter now, and that's going to go up to, I believe, it's 11 point something cents in 2021. Great, so those decals are going to appear. What's not going to appear on the decals are, of course, that this prebate that we're getting is actually going to increase as well. This year, I think it was around $330. It's going to go up to $718 by that same period of time. Um, and so this reminds me a bit of Doug Ford and Buck Beer. You know, people, I'm doing this for the folks, the common folks. Um, and I, I just, I, I think it's silly to me, absolutely silly. It's costing the government a whopping $5,000 to buy these stickers. So it's not the money in this case, but it's a, just a, an exercise that very much in partisan politics because he wants them in place before we go to vote in October, just to remind everyone about that evil Justin Trudeau. Yeah, but the $5,000 price tag for the stickers themselves is, you're right, it's inconsequential. But it's part of the $30 million that this government has committed to fight carbon <coughs> pricing. Because on a philosophical basis, he, and, and Premier Mo out in Saskatchewan, and, yep. and probably Jason Kenney now are going to jump on board and do this sort of thing too. Uh, and they've already been defeated in one court. They're, Twice, they're probably gonna, Yeah, they're going to probably take it to the Supreme Court. That's the goal. But this, that's a, that is an awful lot of money to dedicate to really fighting a, a political policy. Well, it, it is, and and in many of these cases, Premier Mo, Premier Ford, even Premier Kenny say, we, we don't need this, we have a plan. And again, I, I'm not partisan here, Bill, but I, as an academic, read these plans, and I'm curious, okay, what are you going to do? And the difference between what the liberals are trying to do is an active plan to try to make some change in the climate. I look at the, the conservatives, whether it's Mr. Moe, who's not formally a conservative, but uh, uh, the Saskatchewan party and the others, theirs is more hope and, and uh, you know, we're, just, we're going to hope the right things happen. And that's not what we need. We need some kind of an action. So uh, it is partisan politics and, and uh, it's coming. And I think, you know, again, here's the odd thing, Bill. Ontarians seem on balance smart enough to realize that some of these are relatively silly pledges. The whole buck of beer thing... <sighs> You know, it was much of a PR campaign, but the problem was no company actually wants to make beer at what they'd have to sell it to get it to the retail store for a dollar. They'd have to sell it for something like 25 cents a can. No beer, beer company wants to do that. So it's legal. Nobody wants to do it, and nobody really seems to care that much. Well, it's it's the the misinformation, and and, and I guess the and again, it's the spin. I guess that goes on to this. Uh, you're right. I mean, the sticker's not going to tell you about the rebates, although most people, I'm sure, are aware of that. Uh, the other thing that the sticker's not going to tell you is that had Ford left the cap and trade program that was in place yes. by the previous government, there wouldn't be a carbon tax because that was done at the industrial level. You and I didn't have to pay for that. Uh, there might have been incremental increases in some goods and services that we may have purchased, but uh, not to the extent that it is right now. So, I mean, he's 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 really blaming the federal government for something that he's done because it, it wasn't going to have an impact on us at all because the government uh, had already said that that cap-and-trade program qualifies, okay, we're not going to bother with carbon pricing in Ontario. He changed that, not the government. That's true. And, and you know, the other thing that came out, and, and these stories were in the spring, and I, I guess many people begin to forget them, but cap-and-trade was going to create a benefit. There was going to be money generated, actually billions of dollars generated through cap-and-trade, that the government was then going to reallocate. It wasn't to go into their general coffers, but they were going to reallocate to local projects to reduce uh, emissions or promote alternative energy. So I know churches, for instance, that said, oh, okay, let's let's uh, install some um, 
solar panels on the roof. Uh, we'll generate a little revenue stream for our church to allow us to keep going. And this was going to be funded out of the cap and trade. Oh, oh, no, that's been canceled. You don't get that. I know school boards who are looking to do renovations to their schools. And part of that was going to be to be more energy efficient. They were going to get money from the provincial government through cap and trade to do this. Those were canceled. And so we saw lots of... of uh, I understand the politics of this. If you didn't believe again in climate change, then cap and trade is silly. But there were going to be some positive benefits in the community, and there are people scrambling even now to do the, the renovations or other things they wanted to do that there was going to be funded through cap and trade. It, you know, I, I, get, I get the fact that many people in Ontario, including Doug Ford, just hated Kathleen Wynne and they want to reverse anything she did as the way Donald Trump reverses anything Obama did. But it I don't think you should throw the baby out with the bathwater. There were some good ideas. Maybe they weren't well executed. We could always fix on that. But just to throw everything out because now I'm in charge, it's a shame in some ways. Well, and the other element to this, too, and I, I understand that people that have partisan views are going to say, well, you know, this is wrong because it's done by the liberals. And others are going to say, no, it's right because it was done by the liberals. You're always going to get that. I understand. But the other element is, is the only other option here is to do nothing. And, and I think there's pretty general consensus right now that that shouldn't be an option. Right. So the, the question is, uh, of course, how, how much time do we have before doing nothing even starts to be irrevocable? Um, you might remember quite famously, uh, Miss uh, Ocasio-Cortez in the United States has given it 12 years. Uh, Theresa May, or not Theresa May, Elizabeth May, excuse me, Elizabeth May, head of the federal Green Party, uh, announced that she felt we only had a couple more years in Canada to make some changes or things would be irrevocable. I'm not sure. Client scientists are, 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 when you ask them to project into the future, you have to make a whole boatload of assumptions, some of which may come true, some may not come true. But the idea is we need to change our behavior sooner rather than later, whether it is two years, 10 years, 20 years, 25 years, status quo isn't going to work anymore. And uh, I know I built a home in Dundas in 1995, Bill, and when I did that all those years ago, I took steps then. People ask me, what have I done recently? I haven't had to do anything recently because I put extra insulation in the walls, extra insulation in the roof. I use low-energy lights and so on and so on and so forth. If I have been able to convert to LEDs or, or um, uh, compact fluorescence, I've done that. And so I've been working not to eliminate my carbon footprint, but to reduce it to a minimum that I think is sustainable. And I think this is a well-advised step for everyone to take because we need to keep this planet going for other people. Uh, I, I don't think there should be a lot of debate on it, but I, I, Bill, thanks to Facebook, and you've got Facebook followers. Oh, yeah. I have Facebook yep. friends. Uh, I see some of these posts that are, are very angry about climate change, and they really are adamant they don't believe it. And they'll find that one scientist out of 100 who publishes something that says, oh, this is all due to cosmic radiation or global storms or something. It has nothing to do with this. And they seize on to that. Rather than looking at the preponderance of evidence, I, I think things are tipping, but it's still a, quite a process. Well, and I know, because we've seen the arguments, and you're right, on a daily basis, I get them too on, on social media. Uh, and, and they're saying, for instance, why are we going through all this hassle here in Canada? Because we only have a minuscule portion of our, right. our carbon footprint on a global basis. Uh, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't do anything. Uh, you know, China and India are going to do what they're going to do. And by the way, they are starting to reduce. Sure. Uh, even they are. but uh, And they've got a lot more work to do than we do in a situation like this. But... Uh, <laughs> If you want to be selfish about this, maybe you don't care about the global situation, but I care about what's happening here in this community. And don't we have a responsibility to, to do what we can? 
Yeah, Bill, I, 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 unfortunately, I'm one of those people who can't let some of these fake news memes uh, survive without a bit of a challenge. And so that's one of my favorite ones. People will say, I don't understand why Canada's doing this. We only account for 1.5% of the carbon emissions in the world. Go after the big guys. Go after China. Go after the United States. They're absolutely correct. We only account for 1.5% of the carbon emissions. But our population is less than half a percent of the world's population which means that per capita, we're emitting three times the carbon of people in China. Now, yes, there's a lot more people in China, but it's a bit like saying, well, I can put out you know, two bags of garbage a week, even though I'm a single individual, because look at that family over there. They're putting out eight bags. Go after them first. But on a per capita basis, I'm the worst polluter. Why am I not getting my house in order first? And I think that's what we have to do. We can't go to other nations in the world and say, clean up your act, if we've not demonstrated that we can clean up our act at the same time. Well, and besides, the other I think, and we've talked about this uh, with a number of, of uh, what we call independent uh, observers that have done the analysis on this. And by the way, some of them are conservatives, uh, and they are of the opinion that uh, that this is the best way to go. As a matter of fact, uh, I know this is a shock to an awful lot of the people that, that are, are opposed to what's going on here in Ontario or going on a national basis with carbon pricing. But the concept, as you've told us, of carbon pricing was actually developed by the Conservative Party. It, it's it's a, a market-based way to deal with this. Uh, and it was a number of conservatives that, that actually put this policy forward. Preston Manning, the former leader of the Reform Party, uh, is a strong advocate of this. He doesn't like the way that Trudeau's doing it, but he likes the concept. And many other conservative yep. thinkers are the same way because it's market-based as yep. opposed to simply going after industry like this. So I, I'm always perplexed when I hear the arguments that are going from people like Ford and Andrew Scheer and others. Uh, why have you abandoned your conservative values on this? Because this this was your policy right now. Now, since the uh, the other government has has adopted it, all of a sudden you think it's a bad thing. Yeah, you mentioned Preston Manning, former Prime Minister Kim Campbell is also a supporter yep. of this concept. Stephen Harper is not. He he is not on this board with this, and obviously Andrew Scheer is not on board with this. Uh, a couple other quick notes on this bill, if I can. D- uh, Doug Ford always likes to label this not just a, a carbon tax, but a job killing job killing carbon tax. And I have to again say to people, there has been absolutely no sign that there have been any jobs cost by the carbon pricing in Canada. Statistics Canada issued a report just a couple of weeks ago that said there have been tens of thousands of jobs that have been created in Ontario since this, uh, this policy went into place in April. Uh, so that, that, that really just shoots that thing out of the water right now. So there's, there's a lot. That's what bothers me about this, a lot of misinformation. I, I don't listen. I don't like paying more for gasoline. I don't want to, I'd like to pay a lot less for gasoline. <clears throat> I'd like to pay a lot less for everything. I get that. But at the same token, something has to be done. And this is the policy that the government has adopted. And, and most other uh, governments around the world are doing something yeah. similar to this. The other quick thing on this is, of course, the, the idea that it was increasing gasoline prices themselves. Have you noticed the price of gasoline today? I, I went past the station at 106.9 a liter. That's cheaper than it was a year ago. Well, wait a minute. I thought this was supposed to go up. The reality is that gasoline prices themselves, due to world forces on the price of oil and other things, move much more than the actually, at this point, relatively minuscule cost of the carbon price. Now, yes, without carbon pricing, maybe I'd be paying a dollar two at the pump and instead I'm paying a dollar six but I'm paying a lot less than a buck thirty a liter which was what we saw six eight months ago that's the the volatile nature of this so unfortunately if Doug wants to point at the pumps and say blame the liberals for this at the moment he's pointing at the pumps and the gasoline is cheaper it, it, it just is it's a bit of a silly game to be playing I think in the first place well and the other element to this and I've talked about this uh, with the federal government too it doesn't matter who's in the corner office whether it's conservative or liberal in this situation is they're always going to put their spin on this 
And and the fact that he's going to put these stickers on here, uh, you look at the gas pump when they finally go to fill up in the next couple of days and you see the sticker. Look at the other one that's been on there for a couple of years that tell you how much the provincial tax is that you're paying on that too, and he doesn't talk about that. Well, one other thing he doesn't talk about is he actually said last year during the campaign that he was going to reduce gasoline prices by 12 cents a liter. The first 4.4 cents were going to come from killing carb and uh, cap and trade. But the rest of it was going to come from actually changing the amount the Ontario government uh, gets from taxes. Uh, in, uh, Bill, you mentioned taxing. It's funny, we actually tax the tax. So there's yeah. an HST component, which is on top of the other tax that Ontario collects. So he had announced that he was going to reduce that. He's not done one thing about that. Why? I think he discovered how much money the government generates from those taxes at the pump. And as he's trying to balance his books and what have you, he can't afford to get rid of that. So he'd made a promise. Why don't we put a sticker to remind people what he promised versus what he's delivered after a year and a bit in office? Uh, you but know, isn't again, that usual? Well, that's so typical, though. Politicians will make promises. Maybe the most famous one in recent history was John Cretchen saying, you know, elect me and I'm going to eliminate the GST, yep. which everybody hated at that time. Yep. That was brought in by the Mulroney government. And, uh, of course, they got elected. And I think somebody sat down with the premier or the, the new prime minister and said, you, you understand how much money you're going to lose if you do that? Oh, okay, never mind. Not mm-hmm. going to do that. And, and I think that's the, that's the financial reality that yep. a lot of leaders finally f- come face to face with. Well, as we often say about politics in general, it's easy to promise, it's hard to deliver. And, and uh, so w- why Doug Ford wants this sticker, why but Doug Ford was keen on Buck of Beer, he can then go to people and say, I promised and I delivered. But there are other much more important things that we need to deliver on that he has not been delivering on. Should we have stickers on school buses to talk about funding for classrooms? Should we have stickers on um, in hospitals to talk about funding for hospitals? It, you know, again, it, this just feels a bit like a silly campaign. I don't really understand the point of it, and I don't think it's going to make much difference to the average Ontario person. Marvin Ryder from the DeGroote School. Thanks for coming in. Great to see you again. Glad to be here. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.